Hey guys, this is Kim Lapree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Be sure to check out all of the other amazing podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. But you also realize that some of those things you're dealing with that you think, oh, this is just life. This is the way it's going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to do all these things with my kids and I'm going to work and I'm going to have the perfect lesson plans and the perfect classroom and um, all of those, every part of life. And then um, you realize that stress manifests in your body. So you have to deal with it. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to episode 39 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast and episode four of the Summer Self-Care Series. This is, of course, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I'm so grateful that you've joined us today, especially during your summertime to help you to either avoid or beat your burnout. In this fourth episode of the Summer Self-Care Series, teachers from the Burned In Teacher Facebook community, Jennifer Wary, Jennifer Miller, and Kinsey Zellerhoff are going to share their stories of teacher burnout and how their triumph over it came down to this fact. You can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself first. And as you heard in the pre-roll, they are very, very well aware of the effects of not taking care of yourself first. They share what works for them and how they make time for self-care, even with their careers, families, and of course, all that there is to do in the day-to-day life of an adult in today's society. But before we jump into today's interview, I have to let you know of a couple of exciting things that are happening. Number one, if you've not jumped into burnedinteacher.com and checked out the new website, I strongly encourage you to do so. It's much easier to navigate, it's easier to find supportive resources, and it's easier for you to find ways to work with me to beat and avoid teacher burnout in the 2019-2020 school year. The next thing is, is did you know how easy it is to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast? It's so easy. I'm going to do it right here for you. Hey Siri, subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast, the Burned In Teacher podcast by Amber Hartnell? Yes. Now, there's a story behind why I've decided to have an Australian accent (laughs) on my Siri. And also, of course, I'm already subscribed to my own podcast because I like to hear the other end of the podcast when it's finished. But it's that easy. But if you don't have an iPhone, that's fine too. The Burned In Teacher podcast is located on many platforms. 
when you subscribe, you will be notified and a new episode will upload every time I release a new episode. So you won't miss any action, inspiration, or support along your journey out of burnout. So let me tell you a little bit about the teachers who have joined us for this interview. Jennifer Miller is a sixth grade teacher from Seymour, Indiana, and she's been teaching for 21 years and was actually named the 2019 Seymour Chamber of Commerce Middle School Teacher of the Year. And you can follow her on Instagram at jmiller.iseusa. Jennifer Wary teaches second grade in a small rural Title I school. She's taught for 16 years in the same district where she previously taught kindergarten, special needs preschool, and served as an enrichment teacher. You could follow her on Instagram at J-E-J-W-E-R-R-Y. Kinsey Zellerhoff has been in special education for almost 14 years and recently completed her Master's of Education in Special Education. She's currently the assistant principal and lead special education teacher at a private special education day school for behaviorally challenged and traumatized youth. I am so extremely grateful that these three came together and took time to share their stories of lack of self-care to understanding the importance of taking time for yourself so you can care for those that you love, your family and your students included. Let's get into the interview. Brendan teachers, we have three amazing educators with us here today to talk about their journey from lack of self-care to bringing it into their life and making it a priority of taking care of themselves. So today we have Jennifer Miller. Hey there. We have Jennifer Wary. Hello. And Kinsey Zellerhoff. Hi. <laughs> so ladies, tell us a little bit about you, um, what you teach, and how long you've been in education. Um, well, this is Jennifer Miller, and I have been teaching now for 21 years. Um, I teach sixth grade social studies, and um, I'm, I'm actually an elementary teacher. I started out teaching sixth grade um, and then dropped down to third grade, fourth grade, and finally got back to sixth grade, which is um, my true love. Fantastic. I was an elementary school teacher myself, so whoop, whoop for elementary. All right, Jennifer, Weary, will you tell us a little bit about you? Um, yes, I, I don't really count how many years I have been teaching, but I think 17 years. Um, and I'm currently teaching second grade, which I do love. I used to teach kindergarten. And before that, I was an enrichment teacher for a while and a special needs preschool teacher for a year, um, all in the same district, right mm -hmm. where we live in a small rural community. Fantastic. And you are actually practicing self-care right now by being on vacation. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> all right, Kinsey. So I have been a special education teacher for almost 14 years. I've taught in both uh, private and public schools. I am currently the uh, assistant principal and lead special education teacher at a private special ed day school for behaviorally challenged and traumatized youth. Fantastic. So ladies, today's episode is all about the importance of self-care and we're talking real self-care here we're not just talking about uh, bubble baths and bottles of wine we're talking about daily practices of caring for ourselves mentally and emotionally and physically so I would love to hear a little bit about what brought you to the realization that you needed to make these things a priority in your life 
Uh, so Jennifer, can you share with us anything that um, specifically that happened um, or when your realization ha uh, happened that you really decided that something needed to change? Well, so for me, um, my entire uh, teaching career, I've, I've been married the entire time, and my husband is also a teacher, a high school teacher, and he also was the high school varsity basketball coach, and in Indiana, where we are, um, that is a pretty big time um, demand, and so I, you know, always used to joke, our, our kids were very, very little, um, all through elementary school for them, and, and middle school, that I was a single mom, for about seven months out of the year because, um, you know, it was just very difficult for, for him to help with anything with the kids. And I got to the point where um, I really felt like I wasn't doing the best job that I could as a teacher and as a mom and as a wife. Um, and, and I was also coaching at the time too. And I had a pretty big health scare, um, not really a scare, but finally a diagnosis um, was something that I was dealing with. And so I had to kind of pull back and figure out what was going to help me um, be a better teacher, be a better mom, um, and not feel so stressed out um, at school. And so I started looking at some things that I enjoy doing that I really um, wanted to do for myself. And I, I love to travel. I teach geography and I um, really wanted to find a way to pull those things together. And so I found a, a nonprofit organization that I could work with um, part-time and still keep teaching and just totally, I guess, fill my bucket with fun things to do and still be able to be there for my family, um, make a little bit of money uh, as well, and be able to travel. And as all teachers know, um, especially having two teachers in the family, travel is not something we're going to do on, uh, on a frequent basis, at least to other countries. And that's what that opportunity opened up for me. Um, and it has been amazing for the last nine years. I've not only worked with um, students in my classroom, but also international students coming over for a high school program, families across the state of Indiana, um, people across the country and internationally. And I feel like it's made me a better teacher. Um, it has really fulfilled me and has allowed me to um, do the things that I really want to do. And I have a pretty incredible family that supports that. And um, so that I feel like has really changed my focus in the classroom. And it, it's really paid off um, for me. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. My family really loves to travel too. Clearly, uh, Jennifer Wary, your family holds that as a priority as well. Um, do you go to the same place every year, Jennifer Wary? Um, where we're at now, yes, we do. It's a. Mm -hmm. It's actually my husband's family tradition. His grandfather started coming up here to this little cabin in the woods. I like to say on the mm -hmm. lake probably about 50 years ago. So wow. generation after generation we've come and I was just kind of scooped up in, into that. Um, but it's been great family memories for our kids as we've come every summer too. So that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your story, Jennifer, and you know, when you came to the realization that you needed to bring more uh, attention to yourself so that you could, you know, continue in this profession. <laughs> yeah, continue with a lot of things, actually. Mm -hmm. um, 
I started probably five years ago too with health issues as well. Um, nothing, you know, major, but it was big because I, I had always been healthy. I never had any problems. I wasn't going to have high blood pressure. I wasn't going to have, you know, all these other things. And several things kind of started popping up and it was scary. And I did some things that doctors said, but then um, not everything was getting cleared up. And the answer was always just more medicine or a surgery or, and I kind of just finally started questioning that and doing some other research and looking at health in a different way um, and got through that as far as the health and the, the medical issues. But then I started, it's just funny how when you start on that journey, things just kind of fall in your lap or fall somewhere they just pop up and mm -hmm. and so I started just reading a variety of things on natural medicine and um, of course regular medical doctors um, even came upon some really interesting articles on eastern medicine and it just it became very fascinating to me and then when I kind of started putting all that together I think I realized well things in my body calmed down things for me mentally calmed down um, you're kind of forced to, but you also realize that some of those things you're dealing with that you think, oh, this is just life. This is the way it's going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to do all these things with my kids and I'm going to work and I'm going to have the perfect lesson plans and the perfect classroom and, um, all of those, every part of life. And then, um, you realize that stress manifests in your body. So mm -hmm. you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of where it started with me. And then, like I said, some other things came up, came across my path that I started reading um, blogs and podcasts and even some teacher in service led to listening to some other professionals in different areas. And um, I didn't recognize that I was in burnout really until recently. And now I look back on it and think, yeah, I, I, I was burned out. I was listening to everyone else instead of my heart mm -hmm. and listening to remembering my why of why I was a teacher and mm -hmm. why I wanted to teach. And so, um, as all those things started to settle down, what clicked with me then was that all of a sudden I did remember why I was teaching. I had more, um, compassion. I thought I, I thought I had it, but I had even more compassion for my students and some of the things that they go through and their little lives that you just can't imagine mm -hmm. um and just that awe feeling and more of a natural smile coming back and um the desire to to relax and have fun rather than work 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 so mm -hmm. um if you don't mind sharing what do you feel has had the biggest impact you you mentioned natural medicine and books and podcasts and things like that what do you feel has had the biggest impact on you that you think about the most or take part in the most I think the biggest impact for me was the recommendation by someone to have a morning routine for yourself. So I never imagined, I've, I was never a morning person. Um, I never imagined myself getting up at five or five thirty in the morning just for me. Um, and now I can't hardly stand it if I don't mm -hmm. have that time. Not so, not as quite as much in the summer when the you know school's out, but. So I developed that morning routine, which consisted of just my time in my space, no interruptions, 
Um, sometimes if the weather is nice, it's outside on my porch. And But just with me and my own thoughts, a little bit of meditation and some prayer. Um, and then a gratitude journal has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. And someone said, you know, that's a great thing to do. Just three things every morning. Write down what three things you're grateful for. And that started as pretty simple, basic things. I thought, how is this going to lead to anything? But the more you do it and the more you create that habit, at least for me, I just started writing more and more things. My list got bigger. And then I truly did find that I was looking at things differently, things that used to just really set me off. Um, in fact, just this week, coming on vacation, we um, what should have been a, a long day's trip was two full days and we arrived at one o'clock in the morning last night because we had some um, car issues and kind of got stranded overnight and waiting for a part and you know the whole thing and I just just relaxed and thinking no one was hurt there wasn't an accident it could have been a hundred degrees out we were stranded on the side of the road and it wasn't and things like that so that gratitude journal has really helped me when I don't even think about it Mm-hmm. I just have a completely different viewpoint on things. And it's not just that Pollyanna, oh, be happy. It's you just truly do look at things in a different light. Yeah. I am I'm so grateful that you brought that up because um and I'm I know listeners, you can't see me, but I'm like nodding my head so, so hard because it's so true. It's just taking that time out to show gratitude for the littlest things. It just compounds. It's you know, it's like compound interest in a bank. You know, it it just it really changes your overall perspective. Do either of you, uh, Jennifer Miller or Kenzie or Kenzie, sorry, do you uh, practice a gratitude journal at all? I do. Um, I, I have a reflection journal and for me, my time is more at the end of the day. Um, after everybody has gone to bed or, you know, it's just kind of my time in the evenings. Um, I, I feel like, you know, some days there's not enough hours in the day. And if I don't take that time at the end to do a little bit of reflection, um, you know, still have that, you know, cup of tea or, or whatever before bed and just take that time for myself, then I, I have a hard time going to sleep. It's like my mind just goes through a bazillion things of what I should be doing or could be doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, I think that that is really been an important change just in focusing on, you know, the positive things and purposeful thinking. And um, in in my building this past year, there's been a lot of um, changes. We had a staff that was really upset about um, things that had been implemented. Our um, our our leader, our administrator was moved in April to a different position and we got an interim one. And then, you know, all of the things that were upsetting and frustrating everyone, um, you know, their perspective changed. And all along, um, I'm, I'm just one of those people who, you know, it's like, okay, there are so many good things that come from this. Like, let's, let's look at the what ifs, you know, it could be worse. It could be, you know, more challenging. Like there are so many good things. And I think sometimes, maybe that drives people crazy around me because I I look at it that way, but um, I just feel like it's just a much healthier, peaceful place to be um, when, when teaching and education can be uh, so, so chaotic and crazy. Yeah. It's so, so true. 
Thank you so much. So Kinsey, how about you? What is it that, um, what is a situation that has happened in your life or um, when did you have the realization that you needed to bring more attention to your self-care? Um, well, first, before I answer that, I, I just want to add that I'm one of those people that can't journal. Um, I absolutely hate it. I despise it. When I was in school, I would write complain letters to my teacher in journals. I see it as a chore and I absolutely hate it. And I think it's amazing when people can. I've tried as an adult several times to do it. And my husband laughs at me all the time. <laughs> so, I have to find other ways because that doesn't work for me. So I just want to toss that out there because it doesn't work for everyone. So don't feel bad if you're one of those. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to chime in here because it is something that I truly struggle with. It is, it is a chore for me to sit down and write. I really prefer to talk things out. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you have to do what works for you. You know, I don't feel like there's any, you know, there are even some people that say the same thing about meditation. You know, you could say, you know, um, to get quiet, get still, reflect, think about, you know, be grateful, that kind of thing. Some people really, really struggle with it and they just find a lot of solace in uh, just driving, you know, just turning off the radio and just driving in the silence. Um, you know, you have to put your own spin on it and what works for you. I'm so, so glad that you shared that. So tell us a little bit more about your, uh, about your story. Okay. Well, um, I did not realize just how important self-care was until I had already reached burnout. Mm -hmm. um, I had been in special ed for several years. Um, I left the private school that I had been teaching at right out of college um, to go to public school. And I was a ninth grade special educator one of the local junior highs and I I'm a student first teacher I always have been and I put them before absolutely everything else and I met I was met with a lot of um, resistance in several different areas in the school I was at uh, there was not a lot of support from the top down and it was a really big struggle. Um, my fourth year at that school, um, about halfway through the school year, I would come home crying often. Mm -hmm. And I was very disconnected with my family and I almost didn't go back. But after the summer, like, okay, I'm gonna go in fresh, you know, look at everything positively and just um, look at what I can learn in every situation and by the end of September, I was miserable all over again, times like 50. And it was awful. Uh, towards the end of the school year, my husband said, you need to leave. I want my wife back. The kids want their mom back. You just need to be done. And so I did resign from that position um, after five years at that school. And I had said I would never, ever teach again, um, that I was done uh, and nobody could make me change my mind. I had my mom and my mother-in-law laughing at me because I said never ever and you know how that always works out. And so I took a year off and I subbed. Um, I'm in a very unique situation where there are actually about six to eight different school districts right around where I'm at. I live in Washington, but I, I currently, I work in Idaho. So there's so many different districts all over. And I stayed out of the district I left and I subbed for a year and I worked um, 
my side business, my side hustle, um, and did that for a year. And then uh, my boss now approached me and said, hey, do you want to come back and teach for me? And it was um, the private school I had been at. And I was like, I need to pray about it and talk to my husband. And he told me, you know, you were the happiest helping those really troubled kids and why don't you go give it a shot and so I went back and I ended up having um, the most acute classroom of junior high girls so I had fifth grade through I had one ninth grader and um, the very significant trauma it was an amazing challenge I, I had support from the top down from the CEO all the way down and it was amazing and then the next year, the position I have now opened up and it was offered to me and I took it. So I'm going into year three. Um, the official title is education manager, just because we are a private entity um, and we are also a residential treatment facility. And so uh, going into that, we also were making a big shift to trauma-informed care facility. And so the more I learned about trauma-informed care and when I became a trauma-informed care trainer, uh, I realized just how important self-care is because secondary PTSD is a real thing in what I do. And um, so that was just kind of a realization that I came to over the course of probably <laughs> four or five years. And now I really um, make sure that I have things set aside for myself. I always tend to put other people ahead of me and so I've, I've really had to take a step back and realize that I have to do things for myself. So like this last year, I made sure that I had a massage um, once every four to six weeks because I keep my stress in my neck and my shoulders. And so to be able to let go, I had to do that. Um, I've adjusted a little bit because I wanted to have my nails done. <laughs> so I've adjusted my self-care a little bit because I haven't had nails since I got married. So that was really fun for me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So you do practice some of the self-care that I've talked about that, because I have said in the past, there are not enough massages or bottles of wine or bubble baths yes. that will really truly take care of your burnout. But you're actually saying, hold on a minute. For me, this is actually working. Um, but I do have to back up and say, but you also took care of yourself by removing yourself from a situation where you were not thriving. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. I, uh, I had to take a step back and remove a lot of toxic stuff. Um, I, I also realized that part of what I was lacking with my own self-care was doing things for myself. And so that's why that is part of my self-care because I wasn't doing it. Um, I also exercise as an outlet for me. I'm also a fitness instructor. And so um, that is something that I do for myself because there are some days where it's like, oh, I don't want to work out while well, I have a class to teach. So tough. I'm gonna go. <laughs> but it's also allowed me to have those different moments by myself, just like Jennifer has said about the mornings, because I am very busy. My kids are very active. Um, my husband used to be um, on shift work. And so I had to adjust who went where and all of this stuff. So it's, it's been an interesting shift and it's, it's constantly changing for me, but um, making sure to stick in those little times just for me has been helpful as well as the bigger picture of self-care. 
I'm taking notes because what you teachers, you wonderful women are saying is, is it's all in the same, but it's all different, which is so, so important that one, you know, one person's self-care does, does not fit the mold of somebody else's idea for self-care. So let's pretend that I am a teacher who is really, really struggling. I am, I, I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm stressed out. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm burning out and I do nothing. I haven't changed a thing. I am at burnout level zero. I'm isolated, ashamed, and I, I haven't tried anything new. What would, what would you say to me? What would you say would be my first step? Um, I would say that, um, you know, the first step is really finding what makes you um, get up in the morning, what makes you happy that is completely not a part of the classroom, not a, not a part of teaching, not a part of education. Um, find something that makes you feel fulfilled and then look at ways to um, make that happen. I know that, you know, as teachers, we tend to, um, you know, our friends are usually part of our teacher um, our teacher tribe and, and people that we spend our, our days with. But I think one of the most important things for me, I have a, a group of girlfriends who are from all different, um, you know, backgrounds and, and all do different things. And we take time to spend time together um, and support each other, send each other positive notes, funny memes, like just, you know, think about each other. Um, I think that is the first step and, and find what makes you um, happy because when you are that, that carries over to everything else that you do. Um, I also get massages um, once a month and, you know, go and, and get that pedicure and, and things like that. But um, it, it really is, you know, something that, that motivates you intrinsically and finding that thing away from the classroom and, and starting there. Mm. Very, very good advice. How about you, Jennifer Weary? Well, first I would agree wholeheartedly with everything Jennifer Miller just said. I mean, she had a very good starting point mm -hmm. and I too get massages once a month, which <laughs> <laughs> because, um, just the same reasons I, part of that physical health was that it was I was at a chiropractor and it was just all bottled up right here and nothing was helping. So, um, yeah, now it does feel good. I don't want to give it up, but there was yeah. a physical need for it once I found a good person. But anyway, um, definitely find what works for you because just because like we said a minute ago, what works for me doesn't work for everyone and you have to work at it. You have to find what is best for you and then, um, make that a habit because once you have that habit in place, um, it will carry you a long way. So even though you are going to go, like I go through times where, oh, I just don't get that little morning routine down, but it carries me a long way mm -hmm. until I realize, okay, I need to get back to that. I need my space. I need my time. I need my little meditation time again. Um, so it carries me a long way, but also um, teachers in schools, we tend to, um, I don't know, commiserate together on some of the stuff that happens in schools, um, whether it's with laws or just with our students or um, just working in a building with all those people. Um, so if you can find someone that also 
wants to be positive and make a difference and keep their why without bringing everyone down, but find someone to um, be real with and vent a little bit. So I have a couple of people that in my building, we, we just say, well, okay, it's time to get in our bubble. Let me say this and it doesn't go anywhere. And so we allow each other that time, but then also help build each other up. Mm-hmm. So um, the habits, but find someone that understands and yeah. can help build you up, not just sit there and um, gripe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, venting is is healthy. You know, you have to get those thoughts out of your head, but we also can't live there. It's okay to visit. Right but it's not okay to live there. So, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for making sure that of course you have, you know, uh, you mentioned a tribe earlier, finding your people, and then you just found someone to, or said to find somebody who you can be positive with, but who you can also, you know, vent your frustrations to, but then making sure that you're seeking that support that you need as well. I love that you brought that up, Jennifer. Kinsey, how about you? What would you say to a teacher who's really struggling um, and is is not doing anything as of right now to take care of themselves? Um, so I would, hold on one moment, my son is going to get in the car. Okay, <laughs> no problem. I'm momming right now, so. All right. Um, so I would let them know that they should go to their clutch core group of friends and ask for honest help. Um, really that's kind of where I was, you know, I, I had my husband that I went to, but I also had a couple friends that were outside of my teacher tribe, like Jennifer said, um, that I went to and I asked for advice and what do you see? And when, when I had reached that point, it was like, you are not you and, you know, let me help you. And they offered different suggestions. And sometimes it's having that person on the outside to kind of lead you away from what is holding you back and so different perspective yeah yeah Mm -hmm. ladies what you have offered in in terms of your stories and what you do for yourselves is so so important and i appreciate it so much is there anything at all that you feel that you want to tell listeners before we sign off for today um i think the biggest thing is just really stressing that you have to, um, you know, put yourself first sometimes. And mm-hmm. do that. I think a lot of us, um, who are, you know, moms, especially, and, and then teaching, um, and, and being a wife and, and everything else, we, we always take care of others first and try to meet everyone else's needs. Um, except our own. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize that it's okay to, put me first. Um, because if I don't, then I'm not the best me for the rest of, of my crew. And, um, you know, I, I, we host, um, you know, international exchange students too, and, and have daughters from different countries and have a new one coming from Italy in August. And, um, we were empty nesters this past year. And I've had people say, oh my gosh, why are you, you know, why are you doing that? Like, your kids are all out of the house. And for me, I mean, that, that makes me happy. And my husband was a little bit like, Oh, we're doing this again. And I said, well, you know, you can go fishing. Like there's lots of Mm trade-offs. Um, but for me, that's, that's what makes me happy. And, um, you know, I think that is something that you truly need to 
focus on and it makes those crazy days, those hard days, those struggle days um, worth it when you focus on yourself too. Fantastic. And you're absolutely right. Anybody else want to share anything? I would agree with that too. And some of these things with me happened when my kids were um, moving on from high school to college. And I thought I was taking care of myself. So looking back, if someone would have said, but you're really not, you're taking care of everyone else, um, mm -hmm. like we keep saying, I don't know. I don't know if they could have convinced me to do anything different, but I would try to convince someone now looking back that it will catch up with you. So if you think you're eating right, you think you're doing all these, these good things, but there's more. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take that time for yourself, it, it can catch up with you. Mm -hmm. And to so, really listen to your body yeah. and listen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Listen to yes. your heart. And it's, it is hard to do when you're busy and you're raising your kids and then you have your, 20 or 30 kids at school to do. Um, and so it happened for me at a time when life at home was slowing down, but I wish someone would have convinced me years before um, how to prevent some of yeah. that. Yeah. So what you just said reminds me of the conversation that I had with Dr. Lau um, a few weeks ago about run hard, rest well, and the four rhythms of rest. And I don't know if uh, any of you three listened to that episode. It aired uh, just a few days ago. Um, but, and he mentioned something along the lines of that, is that we're so busy that we don't even take the time to even notice, you know, whenever things are off or we we notice, but we don't take the time to address it and pay it the respect that it deserves. And Jennifer, you're so right. It will rear its ugly head yeah. in one way or another, whether it be through health issues or a public breakdown, you know, or, you know, just you again, isolating yourself from your family. Jennifer, like you mentioned, it's just it, like you said, it, paying attention, showing yourself the respect that you deserve and, and doing what makes you happy and scheduling it in. I love Jennifer, how you mentioned like, that you put it in your schedule, just like you schedule in, you know, I have to work during this time. I have to take time out for me at this time. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, one of the things that I have learned, you know, with trauma informed care, and I'm sure my staff get really irritated hearing me say this all the time. But um, if you think of your brain as kind of like a stoplight or a car, so when you are in the executive functioning of your brain, when you are completely mindful and aware, your connection and your relationships are healthy, you're in green brain. And so when you are losing pieces of those, then you go to yellow brain. So, you know, you're not really thinking of everything. You're letting your feelings dictate what's going on. You're missing either a piece of relationships or connections somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you are either completely angry, you're completely cut out, or you're not just not taking care of yourself, or you're in complete trauma, you're in red brain. So it's driving, trying to drive from the trunk of the car. You're in brainstem. And so it's driving from the trunk, driving from the back seat or in the driver's seat. And so I always tell my staff, you know, you're in red brain, you need to go take a break or, you know, just be careful. You're kind of teetering, go do what you need to do to be, get back in green brain because our kids, because they have gone through so much trauma, mm. they will project that. And it, it affects your day. And if you don't, if you're not mindful of it and you don't address it, it catches up with you. Like, you know, like Jennifer was saying, but this is something that will, in what we do, it compacts and then you end up exploding like the kids and it can come out on 
your staff, your spouse, your, your own kids, your students, whoever. And so it's just super important to be mindful. And it's, it's definitely a shift Mm -hmm. because it's not something that we do. Um, I know that at least for me, for the longest time, being a mom was number one. But if I wasn't filling my cup and taking care of me and making sure that I was, you know, in a plate green brain in a place where I could function um, successfully for anybody else, I wasn't helping anybody. I was making things worse. And so that's, you know, that's something that, that I've learned over the years too, that has helped me stay out of burnout and continue to move forward positively. That is a wonderful analogy. I'm so, so glad that you shared that. Well, ladies, we are going to go ahead and sign off for this episode, but there's one more part that we have to do because our conversations get so serious so quickly. I like to have a little bit of fun. So at the end of this, we are going to do um, the Burned and Teacher Lightning Round. So I'm just going to um, call out two choices and we'll just continue to go in order. So Jennifer Miller, you give your answer, Jennifer Ware, you give your answer, and then Kinsey, you give your answer. Okay. So I have three different this or that that I'm going to ask you to answer. Are you ready? Yep. yep. Okay, great. Cat or dog? Dog. Dog. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Kinsey, for some reason, it doesn't surprise me that you are on the opposite end of, of what the other, what the Jennifers said. <laughs> All right, winter or summer? Summer. Winter. Oh, I have to pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Spring. Choose a mid. Choose a mid season. I, I like all of them. There's some fun stuff from everything. Um, summer, because right now it's awesome. So yeah, fantastic. And train or plane? Plane. Plane. Uh, I'm not a fan of flying, but I don't know if I could handle a train. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan of flying at all. I don't know if you heard me talk about it, but that is definitely something I'm working on. (laughs) Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. I can't wait for the Burned and Teacher listeners to hear your thoughts and your stories about self-care. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. These interviews with teachers from my Burned In Teacher group are some of my favorites, and it's because these teachers know what they're talking about. They've lived the life of a burned-out teacher, and they've now started to live the life of a burned-in teacher. You will find all of the resources that they shared, their ideas, and a bullet point list of all of their suggestions if you go to burnedinteacher.com and click on podcast in the main navigation, you will see their interview at the very top. Until next time, burn on everybody. And you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher.